0: Welcome, everyone. This is Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon, and I will be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about the concept of parenting. Now, what I do with parenting and Reverend Concepts is going to be the accumulation of all the years and experience that I have learned, that I have been involved in from me being a swim coach, teaching children from six months all the way up to 18 years old, Heck, I even had some adults who would come in and swim with me. They would be parents of some of the children that I was teaching how to swim. So they might say, I never learned how to swim, Michael. And I'll say, well, get in the water. Let's get you swimming. Because swimming is a critical skill that everyone should understand and know. I learned during that process how to be effective at teaching, be effective at coaching, and to understand people for who they are, dealing with different personalities. Because when you work with that many children, guess what? you're going to find many different personalities. You're going to have princess, you're going to have superheroes, you're going to have monsters. I mean, we can go down the list of of all the personalities of children, right? But being a parent is more than just making sure your kid knows how to swim and making sure your kid is fed, and making sure your kid is going to be the best kid possible, right? Because there is a notion that, you know, our kids are the product of our education and our teaching. Yet just because our kids are going to be influenced by us. Again, we talked about it on the podcast about two weeks ago about the environment aspect of what it means to be a kid and growing up in any particular environment. But being a parent is something special. And I remember, you know, just having my son and it's like, whoa, it was like a rush of emotion because it's like, What do you do with this little human being that's now going to rely on you, that is going to be looking for you for guidance and love and care, protection? It's a lot. It's a lot. Whereas a instructor, right, especially in comes swimming, because swimming is a life or death situation. I mean, if you really break it down, either you swim and you're above water or you float and you're above water or you're underwater and you can't breathe. And there's only a matter of time before you can't breathe anymore, right? You're not going to be conscious anymore. It is a life or death situation there. Yet, you can have a bad parent, right? You can have a parent who yells and screams at you. might not be life or death. Some are, right? This could be a small minority of people who are dealing in that life or death situation when it comes to parenting. But I have learned in the process of swimming, right? You have a little human being who's responsible for you. And I thought just being a teacher just being a swim coach i know the feeling of protecting someone your human being that you created or a person just in the world that you want to see them do good that you want to see them do well and it wasn't until i became a parent where it hit me like a bag of bricks or a big old truck you know just smack me in the face and i'm like the realization is different of being a parent yet yeah, being a parent is actually very simple for people who fail at parenting They just don't understand education, right? So I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate that I had the upbringing that I had, that I had the education that I have. I have a master's in education for people who don't know what I have done, what I do. And I have over a decade to be approaching 15 years coming up of education, of helping youth, of understanding youth, of speaking and helping people and of educating our youth to be strong individuals, to be powerful and to attain skills, whether it be swimming, music, understanding that they have worth and value, understanding that they have an opinion, right? It's not only my opinion. When I was in school, when I was a teacher, it was never, well, this is my way, right? It's not my way or the highways. Let me understand what you think. And then I can say, okay, Cause and effect, right? And I was able to, it's one of my skills. And then I was able to say, well, if we look at it that way, right, this can be an issue, but not saying that we can't do it, right? So I would implement things that were their life, that they grew up in, their culture, their society, right? And then I would implement my flair, mix it together. We have a fusion. From there, that fusion created a wonderful learning environment, not only for me, but for the parents around too, because parents would come to me. Parents would come to me after a class or during teacher conferences and stuff like that, and then they would say, oh, my kid speaks nothing but great things about you. They say that you're teaching them all this stuff that I never knew even existed, things like that. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And then parents are also seeing the smiles on their kids' faces and then understanding that they are someone in their life that truly cares, right? Parents can tell that. People can tell that, right? Pete, you know in your life if someone really cares about you. And if you do not know how to tell that, get yourself a coach, number one, because the coach is going to be able to tell you saying, hey, this person is there for you. This person is not there for you, right? Think about dating, red flags, right? I'm sure you've probably heard about dating and red flags. Parents have a maybe a sixth sense when it comes to looking at your friends and saying, well, that person is not a good person to have in your life. And I remember, you know, growing up, my parents always say like, this person is not good for you. And then guess what I did? I'm like, well, I'm hanging out with that person that you don't want me to hang out with. Because again, it's like, I'm living my life. I don't want to be controlled. We can't control our kids, right? We can't tell them who they can and cannot be friends with. But as parents, we can put them in the right environments. And guess what I talked about before? I talked about environments. On a past episode of the podcast, if you haven't checked it out, check out the episode on environments. So I have the ability to create the environment for my child. Now he might be in a group of hoodlums and things like that. I might say, well, you know, you don't want to hang around those people or blah, blah, blah. He might say, well, okay, cool. And then he hangs around those people anyway. Now, yes, authority and respect it should be there, but it doesn't mean he has to listen but parenting is actually even more simple than that, right? I create the environment for him to say, well, this is the environment. If I create a loving and caring household for him, and he goes into a group of friends that are not loving and affectionate and want to see him do well and live in abundance, most likely he's going to be like, whoa, this is not for me because that's not what he grew up on. Yeah. If you, if he grew up in a negative household he started hanging out with negative people. He goes, oh, well, this is normal. This is the norm, right? This is just what people do. This is how people operate. And as long as people think that way or kids think that way, they're going to always find themselves in the wrong environments. Yet, yeah. Parents, the only thing you have to do, yes, you have to feed your kid, you have to work. It might be stressful, right? Especially in the earlier ages where you're wishing that your kid grows up and you're like, oh, I can't wait till they're grown up and they can do their own things and I don't have to take care of them as much anymore. Heck, teenagers are even worse than newborns. So now you're wishing for them to be grown up. Now you have all these new problems. And then when they're adults, they still can be problems for you. Maybe they're in jail. They need bail money. Now, I hope your kids are not in jail or ever have to be handcuffed and put in jail or in that situation. But it is a possibility, right? Something can happen and then they find themselves on the other end of the law and then you have to go bail them out. It happens, right? But we learn. Now, do they take that lesson and do they repeat it? Do they become a serial offender of this bad behavior? maybe maybe not i've seen wonderful households of parents who are loving and affectionate and caring have a child turn out negative have a bad outcome for their life and i've seen the other end and i will say just having a strong positive household is not enough especially in our world today it is not enough with all the social media with all the influences that are happening in our kids life we have to look at our child And this is where parenting is most critical, but yet parents don't do it. Parents don't look at their child for their child. They look at their child because that's their child. I want to protect. I want to provide. I want to care. I want to love for my child. Yet, if I ask a parent, well, what type of learner is your child? Are they an auditory, kinesthetic, or a visual type of learner? They'll say, well, you know, I think they're an auditory, right? Because they listen really well. My son, he's 10 months old. He listens really well, too. I say, come here. He comes. Is he an auditory learner? Okay, he's moving his hands, he's beating his drums. Is he a kinesthetic learner? If I show him something with my hands and he mimics it, is he a visual learner? Yes, kids learn to adapt to the different types of learning processes that we give them. Yet there's always going to be primary. For me, I'm a visual learner. It doesn't mean that if you tell me something, I can't say, okay, got it. It doesn't mean if you move my body in a certain way and I say, okay, got it. Being a kinesthetic learner is my weakest learning skill. going could be my second. And again, visuals could be my number one. I know my order. Yet, I grew up my whole life not knowing this order. So I didn't know that I'm going to be a strong visual learner. So I need to start to focus on visuals before I focus on just the audio aspect of things. Moving to body part two, right? But yet teaching primarily is going to be visual and audio. That's just the way our school system is. Yes, there's going to be some stuff that you can do body stuff. Teachers can implement stuff for kinesthetic learners. But again, it's going to be primary auditory and visual. So knowing that right, parents don't even know that. So it's so funny when I'm working with parents and then I'm like, well, do you know? And they're like, well, I don't know. They think they know. And after You know, a couple interactions with the kid. I really can't say it's going to take three, it's going to take five. It's not really like one of those things where I say, boom, they're this type of learner, right? I look at them. Yes, they do have tests where you can do a test and they can say where they're strong and where they're weak. I think those tests are pretty effective, but there's going to be signs in what someone favors. For example, if you're really good at something, you're going to do that more than if you were really bad at something. For example, if you're really good at making something, Let's say eggs. You're a great chef. You make great eggs, or you make a great quiche. Whenever you go to a party, what are you going to make them? You're going to make some quiche, right? It's just a natural response. Well, if you're really good at making macaroni and cheese, everyone loves your macaroni and cheese. Probably going to be making some macaroni and cheese for the party, for the potluck. It's not going to be well. You know, um, I'm pretty, you know, decent at like making hamburgers and meatballs. So, like, you know, I'm going to make some meatballs for everyone. But it's not my best dish. It's just a dish. Yeah, it might be easy to make it. But most people are going to stay with a strong suit. If you play guitar or a piano, you're going to always find that you're going to be doing the things that you're really good at versus the things that you're not good at. It is naturally, just naturally. If you have an instructor, this is, again, mentor, coach. If you have an instructor, they are helping you. They're going to say, well, let's do the hard stuff. You're already good at the easy stuff. We're not focusing on that anymore. We're focusing on the stuff you need some improvement on. This is growth. This is progress. This is parenting. So we look at our kid not only for what they can do good, but where they need to make improvements. Like again, mom and dad can only be mom and dad for so long. Then that's when they're going to need a coach. That's when they're going to need a mentor. That's when they're going to need a different guide in their life that's going to help them. Yeah, I can teach my kid how to swim and I will teach my kid how to swim. But if I want him to be on the swim team, he's going to have to have a swim coach. If he wants to be on the basketball team, he's going to have to have a basketball coach. If he wants to be on the football team, he's going to have to have a football coach. It's not me. Yes, I can be a mindset coach to him. I can give him guidance. I can give some input. But it doesn't mean he's going to listen to me. He's going to listen more to an outside person. That's why parents come to me. That's why parents rely on me to help them raise their children. They say, Michael, I have been listening to your podcast, I've been reading your blogs and all of your articles, and they come to me with confidence. Can you help us raise our child? And I say, of course I can. Let's begin. Tell me what type of child do you want? Parenting has become so easy because you can get someone like me in your life with your child, raising them alongside you. So again, what type of values do you want to instill in them? I'm going to also represent those in the coaching sessions. What type of beliefs would you like to implement and instill in them? I'm going to make it a way that's relevant to them so they can implement that into their lives again. Because if you tell them, just like my parents told me to stay away from certain people and I didn't, if I had a coach or a mentor and I did have coaches and mentors saying, you need to stay away from those guys. I was very cognizant when I was with those people. I was like, this is a temporary thing. This is not where I'm staying. This is a momentary type of thing, and I made sure I didn't make any mistakes. I made sure I didn't do anything that was going to get me on the other end where I was in a bad situation because I had the know-how, I had the people, I had the support to give me the knowledge and give me the wisdom. It's so important that that happens, and it's not happening enough. That's why parents are taking their kids out of school, doing homeschooling. But then again, those kids are going to need a social aspect, and they're also going to need a coaching and mentor aspect. And then that's why our world right now is stepping away from the public views, because if you're going to be implementing things in school like critical race theory, like kids-friendly, trans story time, or implementing politics into school and opinions into school, I mean, most parents want to teach their kid what they want to teach their kid, but then they rely on the schools to teach their kids the necessities, right? The reading, the math, the writing, etc. But then again, that is not even happening. Kids are going on all the way to high school. They don't know how to read. Why is that? Parenting is very simple. The environments that our kids are in have become more complicated. So we need to understand how to raise our child to be the best version of themselves. How do we do that? How do we train them or help them understand that they can be making some choices, how to be critical thinkers, how to be leaders in their own right? Because again, our culture and our society right now is teaching kids how to be followers, how to make our kids worker bees. You don't want your kid to be a worker bee. You don't want your kid not to be the CEO. You want your kid to have the best. And Most parents want the best for their kids and most parents will sacrifice everything for their kids to have a better life than they had. That's what my parents did, and now I'm in a better place. And the same thing for mine. Whatever he needs, he gots, but at the same time, I know a little bit something different. It's a secret, top secret, I'm going to tell you. That secret is self. If you're 100%, he's 100%. But if you give yourself to him and he's 100% before you're 100%, then you're going to find that you're in that mentality of, I want my kids to have a better life. He's naturally going to have a better life because my life is 100%. He's just a byproduct. He's living in my environment. Parenting is very simple. Parents don't think that way. Parents think, well, I'm going to focus on my kid, right? I'm passing the baton. And maybe you do. Maybe you have to do that, right? Maybe you don't have the mindset. Maybe you don't have the environment. Maybe you don't have the skills. But then at that point, that's when you get someone in your life, in that child's life, so you can elevate, so they can elevate, so everyone else prospers and benefits from each other. Yeah, people don't do that. Parenting has become very simple, but society has become more complicated. So we can either let our kids live in society or we can learn how to be effective parents, learning what our kids need, learning how they learn, right? Again, I talked about that aspect. And then understanding that a parent is a parent and a parent can only go so far. And just this morning, you know, just speaking about how parents will say something to their kids saying, you know, I don't like this kid or something like that. I remember in college, I was going out with this girl and I had no intentions of like marrying her or anything. You know, it was just like a relationship for me at the time. Right now, this is the only girl my dad has ever told me I don't like her. I'm like, whoa, like how did that even happen? You know, like, you know, like she'd even talk to you or something, you know, like it was a very quick interaction. And so he said that to me, and I'm like, whoa, like, that's the first time he's ever said that to me, number one. Like, typically, he's like, all right, you know, cool, whatever. Like, she's cool, et cetera, et cetera. But for this one, he said he didn't like her. And I was like, whoa, why? And so I just started to think wisdom right because he might have had a girl like that and he's like no like that girl's no good things like that right but again like i think i was like over 21 at this time maybe like 20 or something like that like around that age because i was still in college and i was past the point of my ego of my teen years and i'm starting to live okay now i'm more focused on the outcome of my life what are going to be the things that i need to look out for And we talked about it in the group episode. One of the things a man has to do is make sure they pick the right woman. And if another man is telling you that this woman is no good, especially if he's still married to the same woman for 20 plus years at that point when he was speaking to me, maybe I should listen, right? Maybe I should pay attention, I said. So at that point, it was kind of like, all right, you're on the back burner, chica. And then I was now doing what I had to do. I now know your place because I had the wisdom of a parent. So parents, your job is very simple because you have a role that's kind of like a pendulum, okay? In the beginning, you're going to take care of your children. You're going to nurture them. You're going to love them. You're going to protect them. You're going to do all of those wonderful things. And then at some point, you're going to say, good luck. You're going to let them go out into the world and you're going to let them get hurt. But you don't let them go out alone. This is where people get a coach. This is where people get mentors. This is where people find good role models for their children. So when you are ready to let your kid go, I know you don't want to, I know you don't want to, I know you love them, let them go. Let the coaches, let the mentors do your due diligence in making sure you find the right person, you find the best person for that child to be there with them, to be their confidant, to answer any questions if they have questions, to offer a little bit of insight. It's perfectly fine. And then at some point when you have gone through that process of giving them a coach, giving them a mentor. You get to take your job back, but it's going to take some time because during that high school and that team process, they're going to have a lot of questions. They're going to be going through some body changes, and then they're going to have to be going through that self-actualization also. So having someone who knows how to walk, tread that path is going to be critical for that child's development, especially in our world today. Society is the problem. Now, once they grow up, They finally get out of their hormones, they get out of their feelings, and they start to operate in logic and fact. It can happen as early as 20, 21. I've seen it happen as late as 32, but it typically happens around 24, all right? So that means around 24, guess who's a parent again? You. Parenting is very simple at that point. You support them. You offer guidance and wisdom. And at that point, they don't need a coach to help them anymore. Because they probably already have the wonderful mindset that's going to create success, that's going to create abundance, that's going to create the life that you wanted for them. Because you were there and you had enough know-how to make sure that they had a better life. You sacrificed for them momentarily, maybe. And you said, I want to give them the best coach, the best resources possible so they can come out on the other end better. The goal of the majority of parents is to make sure that their kids are in a better place But yet, when a parent reaches a high level, the concept of expectation becomes a factor. For example, I said to myself, for example, at some point I said to myself, I'm not going to go for my doctorate, I'm going to have my kid go for a doctorate, so my kid has to be a doctor. He might not want to be a doctor. So I asked myself, I can create the expectation for him to be a doctor, or I can say, well, I'm just going to live my life, become a doctor, because that's an aspiration that I have, For someone in the family to do it. So why not me do it? So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go get my doctorate. He doesn't need it. I want it. I don't want it for him. I want it. Most parents think, well, I want my kid to do this. I want my kid to do that. It's really just a reflection of what we want. And we're putting off our ideals onto our children. That's not their responsibility. Our life should be our life. We should be living our life. We shouldn't be making our kids live the life that we missed. Why not us? As parents, parenting is very simple. Why not we go out and we do the things that we're supposed to do? Why not we go after the goals that we have envisioned for ourselves? Maybe they have changed over the years, right? They will. But we go off and we get our goals. Life doesn't end when our kids grow up. Life doesn't end when we have our first kid. Life is going to keep on moving. Our goals, our aspirations for ourselves are always going to be growing. And yes, you might have a little one now you're thinking about, or maybe even a big one at this point that you're thinking about. It doesn't mean that you can't also take action. There's never too late for you to get the life that you want. So whether you're a parent of young kids or a parent of old kids, either the coaching's for you or the coaching's for them or the coaching's for both of you. But the end results going to be the same. Both parties are going to come out better than what they were. And again, the goal of most parents to make sure their kid is in the best possible place, better than what they were. The way we do that is by understanding how to delegate that process of coaching, of mentorship at the right times, the critical times of growth and development, and then sitting back watching and then understanding that we were the people that cultivated this type of mindset. So if you're having some issues with parenting, if you're having issues with raising kids, if you have kids who need some guidance, if you need some guidance yourself, head over to ReverendConcepts.com, get yourself some coaching, get your kids some coaching and then begin that process to changing your environment, your whole family dynamic to something better. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, you can email me coachingincession at gmail.com, and I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching a Session. Until then, everyone take care.